Bombing down Poinsettia, Chapter 17. I made it. Summer's demand, I got my ass up from the floor in front of the aquarium, and I walked over to the kitchen counter phone, picked it up, and I called B. Told her we were both coming over. Believe you me, she sounded really relieved. I'm being completely honest when I say I didn't want to hurt B. I just wanted something else more, you know? So I whipped up some burgers for Summer and I on a grill they had in the center of the courtyard. We ate real quick, and then we set out for base. Wasn't a long walk, but it was a long walk. As we approached her building, Summer remarked, Oh, nice place. Yeah. I have hardly came back. I climbed the steps, and I punched the entrance code in. Front door buzzed. I pulled it open, and Summer stepped inside. I followed as we made our way across the courtyard next to the pool, I looked up at B's third floor balcony. I thought she might be sitting out there, you know, looking, trying to get an early peek, but she wasn't. We stepped off the elevator, and I pulled out the keys to unlock the door. I put the keys in real quick and opened it up just wide enough to poke my head through. B? Oh, hello, baby! She cheerfully cried, jumping up from the sofa. Did you bring her? Quickly, I stepped inside, leaving Summer outside and closing the door two-thirds of the way. Slow down, B. I insisted, throwing my hands up. I don't want this to be a big scene, okay? Okay, baby, okay. She smiled, standing near the dining room table. I took a breath, and I pushed the door to the wall. All the way to the wall, fully exposing Summer, standing in the hall alone. Well, hello, Miss... She didn't even finish her sentence. Stop well short of where yeah, Summer was standing. That's another one of them looks on a face I don't think I'll ever forget. She was slack-jawed as Summer walked in and took the spot alongside me as the front door retracted and closed behind us. I hated the look of confusion on her face because I'm the one that caused it and I hated that look. Michelle, she uttered. Brit, take it easy, B, I said soothingly. She just stood motionless. Yeah, I felt like a dick. Nobody said anything. Neither Summer nor I said a fucking thing. B just, yeah. Let it set in, I guess, you know. I was nervous about the reaction. I was really nervous. I didn't know if she was going to throw me or that fucking dining room table through the window. Finally, she stepped over to the mini bar and leaned against the edge of the cabinet. And I understand, she said peacefully, looking down at her feet. I walked over to where she was resting, and I put my hand on her shoulder. B, it was back, well, remember when you were in Denmark and I... No, Britt. Summer dictated, grabbing my left hand and pulling me away from her. Don't, she insisted. I glanced back over at B after looking at Summer, who was pulling me away. B was staring at us again with the same look of confusion. You'll see each other? Yes, Summer replied. B looked at me, blindly waving her hand. 
this is where you've been staying? Before I could even reply, someone put her arm in front of me as if shielding me and answered, yes. B looked down again, shaking her head for several seconds and looked at me. Brit, Brit, if Rosemary, if Rosemary find out, baby, no. very, very B. bad. Summer snapped, slashing her hand through the air. We're not saying anything to Rosemary B. Nothing, not a thing. A second wife looked at her and she reiterated, nothing. I don't, I don't, I'm still too young and stupid to understand what the fuck is going through either one of their minds. It was an intense moment. Yeah. Right there in front of the bar at the Alta Vista Apartments. Though I was in the thick of it all, I didn't know what my position was or if there was anything I should do. I'm the cause of all this shit was all I kept thinking. And I did think that. I'm the cause of all this shit. Isn't this fun? No. I had no fucking idea what to say. Not a thing. So I stood there with her hands together resting on her waist. Summer stepped in front of P. B, I want to speak to you alone. Still in her pajama bottoms and thermal shirt, B stood silent looking down. Summer reiterated, B, is there somewhere you and me can talk alone? <sighs> to my relief, B nodded after a few seconds, rolled around the corner of the bar into the hall. Brit, you make drink, she pointed to the liquor cabinet. Oh, I replied, you want me to make you one too? Yes, you make me drink, I heard her respond as Summer followed her down the hall towards the master bedroom. Oh, I didn't realize she wanted me to make her a fucking drink. I thought she was some... After the two of them walked in the master bedroom, of all people, I watched Summer close the door. To this day, I can't tell you what transpired. I can't tell you what was said or agreed to. I made the drinks. She had some of that, you know, scotch left, so, yeah. Door remained closed for nearly 15, 20 minutes. I'm not kidding. I'd hear Ray's voices from time to time, and though the conversation sounded heated, I, I didn't eavesdrop. I just, the only time I walked down the hall was to, you know, of course, take beer, drink. Upon handing it to her, I could see Summer sitting in one of them great big old cushy wicker chair things, you know, by the window. Be looked disheveled and frustrated, whereas Summer looked unforthcoming, you know. Calm, even. B snatched a drink from my hand and slammed the door in my fucking face. I figured it would have been B who did the pacing and ranting, and yeah, I was right. I'd pace and rant, too, if I was trying to save my ass, and that's what she was trying to do. I was just, yeah, I guess chasing ass, yeah. I went and I sat back down at the end of the bar, drinking that fucking Johnny Walker. Anyway, when they finally came back out in the living room, I was relieved to see how eased B looked. She hugged us both. She kissed us both and 
She swore to me she was happy for both of us. She threw her arms over my shoulders and kissed me in the exact part of the room she kissed me when I first met her months prior with Barrack. It'd be okay, baby, she said. You stayed with both of us and we get you to immigration. I humored her with a smile, unsure what the hell she was talking about or how I should respond. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm on board. Britt, I want you to go in there and pack most of your stuff, okay? Summer instructed. I'll leave some clothes here, but most of your personal stuff, bring it. Okay. Summer and B waited in the living room while I went to the master bedroom and packed up half my shit. I walked out with a big gym bag that B loaned me. Then Summer and I left. During the walk back, Summer filled me in. B and Summer had agreed that the apartment on Poinsettia is going to be my primary residence. But I was going to be staying with B during the weekends, you know, just in case that immigration overnight spot inspection. Yeah, I love doing them spot checks on the weekends, so... That's what was decided. I would be with them, um, yeah, summer all week and be on the weekend. Now give me a chance to work, Summer said again. I watched her as she abruptly walked next to me as I uh, carried my bag. And she looked determined. You're going to go and you're going to help me get past all this immigration stuff, okay? Yeah, I chimed in. I want to help her. But after this immigration hearing, she voiced firmly, you're living with me. You understand? Yeah. Smiled, lugging the gym bag down the service road. Hey, I wasn't upset. I was happy. Because she demanded it. It wasn't a compromise. I was, um... She's flat out telling me I was her man. I was fucking thrilled. Not afraid. Which probably would have been smarter. Happy. I was happy. And we went out to celebrate. Summer's boobs were all her. They were her. They were not fake. She was blessed with them. They were gorgeous, too. And she wore a blue turquoise dress, kind of, you know, cut kind of low down the front and slit in the back. Woo-wee! It was enough. That night, we dined at a seafood restaurant on Santa Monica Boulevard. Hey, it might have been Red Lobster. Who gives a shit? We were young and in love. Yeah. Oh, I loved watching the heads turn when we entered that fucking seafood restaurant. It was a nice place, too. Big, high ceiling. Summer's beauty did command attention, and everybody was fucking looking. I loved it. I was so proud of her. Yeah, we were led to our table by the uh, maitre d', and I don't believe there's a single man in the place that wasn't watching her. She sashayed across that restaurant. For that matter, the women were watching her, too. Yeah. <laughs> Her long, tawny hair gently swayed over her shoulders as she crossed the room in her slit-back dress. It was awesome. I followed closely, wearing a sports jacket, a pair of Levi's, and new boots. Yeah, got new boots. Supposed to be a celebration, but, you know, nothing to really change other than the fact that we didn't really have to hide anymore. Hide, you know, in front of B. You kind of felt like you're hiding when you eat in that Koreatown hole in the wall, but... You know, on Santa Monica Boulevard, you're in a busy out-in-public-fucking restaurant. It was great. For the record, it's the first time I ever ate crab legs. Summer had talked me into getting them because, you know, being from um, the world of 
cattle. Crabs is something you got if you hooked up with the wrong chick. I know you could eat them. Being that, you know, from East Coast, she had to tutor me on eating them, too, because I knew nothing about it. You know, she explained to me the experience she had of growing up eating nothing but blue crab back home in the place that she had dined. You pay, you know, maybe $10 at the door. Then you go sit down, and every 15 minutes or so, they dump a big basket of crabs on the table, she explained. It was a blast. My family used to go there every weekend. (laughs) The entire time she relayed the story, I couldn't. Ah, fuck, I couldn't stop grinning. I love watching her, you know. At one point when I was in the restroom, and this is no bullshit, I'm not just adding this for story, this fucking happened, okay? One point when I was in the bathroom, I had to take a piss, I was pounding beer. I went to the bathroom, guy sent her a drink, but she declined it. I saw what was transpiring before I went to the restroom. I was pretty sure, because I saw the guy looking at her. Okay, but when I came out, I saw the back half of the transaction, and hey, I fucking smirked my ass off when she didn't even look over at the guy. <laughs> yeah. Instead, she told the waiter who was pointing to the guy, "No thanks, I don't drink." Thirty-something-year-old douchebag. Hey, he was just gonna have to go home and wax that carrot, you fucker. I was her man. She said so. I think Summer loved me because. I allowed her to test the waters. She finally had a guy that wasn't afraid of anything. That very night after dinner, we had sex under the Coke sign on Hollywood Boulevard. I'm not adding this for story, fuckers, because I don't have to do that. That very night after seafood dinner there, <laughs> I could go so many ways with this story, but I won't. We got in the back seat of the Mercor, parked right there on fucking Hollywood Boulevard, okay? The Coke sign was, yeah, bleeding in through the fucking sunroof. That was enough for her. So I started hanging the, you know, the beach towels and shit up on the seats, and the windows are really dark tinted, but I just didn't feel comfortable not hanging something up on the passenger side, being that fucking homeless people and tourists are walking right by us. And Summer had to be completely naked. That was her thing. Don't say fucking risky business. This was not risky business, fuckers. You can't tell a story to anybody in day. The pricks don't want to compare it to a goddamn movie. Shut up. This really happened, dicks. Wasn't out in the open on a fucking train in a public place. No, I was in a car. Covered by nothing more than window tint. Just about screwing a woman because she had to be completely fucking naked. That was her thing. Completely naked. Did I mention that already? I wasn't turned on. I was scared. Yeah. See, that's not even important. But that was the beginning. (laughs) That was the beginning of our relationship. Okay? All right. Took advantage of the time I had to um, get back to Susan Strasberg's class. I hadn't been back for fucking months. I just didn't have the money when I was back in Carson and everything. And I'd just been too busy marrying B and being held hostage in that fucking penthouse in L.A., you know, to, to get back into class. But now I had money. I had time. And, you know, I called. If I remember right, her personal assistant's name was Gladys, I think. 
in Beverly Hills. I really can't remember. It doesn't matter. The point is, I called her, and I was so happy that Susan invited me back to class right away. She only had a few more classes, I guess, before she vacation. She's going to go on vacation, like to Europe, to see her brother John or something. But I'm not trying to speak all casual as though I know her. Like, yeah, like that. Well, I did know her like that. Okay, fuck off. Yeah. That's what made it so special for me. She was the whole reason I'd come out to L.A. ever since I was a kid back in Oklahoma watching her on TV, you know, interviewing shit about her dad and her best friend, Marilyn Monroe and shit. I mean, I just wanted to study acting under her anyway, but when I found out she was teaching acting in L.A., that was it for me. You know, I'd auditioned for her, and now I'd been invited back to class. You bet. I only had a few classes to go. But I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to see her again. So those last few classes, I went. And the last night was extra special. I was thrilled to see all of my old classmates there. There was, I think, Suzanne, the long red-haired girl. Yeah, she's in her 20s. Nice full figure. Pretty face. There's 50-something-year-old cowboy. He was one of the classmates there. The Italian fella that always had me fucking laughing. He was hilarious. And then there was, um, you know, various other people I can't remember, but there was Paige. Paige was, yeah, mm, she was the hottie of the class. When I showed up that night for Susan's final class, Paige was there. Tall, slender, full, curly, wavy, angel white hair with porcelain skin, ruby lips, and doll eyelashes. She was a stunner. Nice butt. Anyway. Oh, the night of the last class, when I showed up, I saw that Susan had a, a great big cast iron bathtub brought to the center stage. That's right. Uh-oh. I had heard rumors about this. This is a good way of getting rid of stage fright. I, I had heard this shit. I wasn't for sure. There's a bathtub stage center. Oh, shit. I don't want to paraphrase what Susan said. Okay. But she basically stood in front of the class that night, in front of everybody, the Italian guys, Susan, various other people. And I was grateful that 50-year-old cowboy classmate was the first to jump up and fucking volunteer to get over his stage fright by running up on that stage and stripping and hopping in the fucking bathtub. That was the exercise. Now, seriously... It wasn't a perverted thing. It wasn't a nasty thing or a dirty thing because Cowboy ended up doing cartwheels and dancing and shit all over the stage naked, if I remember right. Oh, it was awesome. He was fearless. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it wasn't very believable, but he fucking did it. He had bigger nuts than me, too. Prick. Anyway, it came my turn. Susan knew I was intimidated because of the fact that I was the youngest in the class, so she was going to cure my ass of that. You're at home, Brett, she instructed me. Why don't you come on down? Take center stage. Oh, okay. I walked up on the stage um, <clears throat> nervous. I don't know what the fuck I was so nervous about. I certainly didn't seem to have a fucking problem being necking anywhere else. I want to see you go home, Brett. I want to see you go home. You're not here. You're at home. Take a bath. I don't care if you masturbate. Whatever you do at home, you're doing here. You're not here. You're home. Second generation acting coach emphasized. 
you're not here. Home. Take a bath. So I took a bath. Yeah, I took a bath. I didn't masturbate, but I stripped naked. Yeah, completely improv fearlessly went through the motions I'd always taken back in Carson when Angela made me draw a bath. That's where I went. Yeah, I went back to Carson in my brain, and I was drawing a bath for me and Angela, and she was ordering me to take my clothes off for another one of them fucking baths. I must have taken 30 or 40 of those fucking baths in a year's time. That's fucking ridiculous, folks. Oh. um. Anyway, of course, I couldn't think about that part of the process being that I was nude, you know, because I didn't want to get a heart on. So I had to control my thoughts about Angela and the bath thing. But anyway, I was naked on stage. Yeah, I was just at home drawing a bath. I got in the tub. I went through the motions of washing my feet. I got up on my knees to wash my ass and my balls and my chest and everything. Yeah, I did. My hair, everything. I did not break character. I was really there. I went there. I was going through the motions mentally. Unfortunately, fucking Italian guy. <laughs> Late 30s, early 40s-something Italian guy always made me laugh. Fucker is sitting in the very back row of the theater. My eyes just happened to catch a fucker back there holding his hands up over his eyes like he was looking through binoculars. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I actually smirked, but I looked back down, wrote it off as though something had tickled my naked foot, and, well, Susan bought it anyway. That fucking asshole. The point is, on bathtub night, I was uh, praying to God Paige would get her hot ass up there and take a bath, but you know, none of the actresses did it. Chicken shits. Anyway, Cowboy Suzanne, the Italian fellow, and Paige. Susan Strasberg was my friend, too, and, um... I mentioned this now for the first time, but my entire existence out there in L.A., you know, of course, had been just for that. Back in Carson days when I was mulling dope for Angela, I didn't have any fucking money. Susan Strasberg let me knock down grass in her yard to cover the cost of classes. I am not imposing, and I wouldn't, like I say, this doesn't mean shit, but I have to mention it. I left all that out about Susan because I'm not name-dropping. I don't want to impose on her good name, but I couldn't leave it out because that's what made the Strasburgs a great fucking name. I mean, they had a habit of taking in strays, and I'm not trying to compare myself to anybody or put myself in another fucking class or league or anything. I'm just telling you the truth. I couldn't pay for my classes half the fucking time, and it wasn't uncommon for Susan to have me come up and move shit from the house to storage and storage to house and shit. Anyway, that last night of class in Hollywood was special because it was in Hollywood, if I remember right, and Shelley Winters showed up last fucking minute as class was ending. This is true. Wasn't a secret to anybody that Susan and Shelley were old friends, and, well, they'd probably dated some of the same men in their younger days. <laughs> anyway, I was in the uh, theater, you know, putting my clothes back on, getting things ready in my bag, and, um... My classmate Susan comes storming in. Hey, Brett, Shelly Winters is here. 
pick my bag up off the stage. What? Really? 20-something-year-old Suzanne, who herself had that long, fiery red hair, like I said, and mid-figure smiled, nodded, downstairs right now. Holy shit, I remarked, quickly following her out the door and down the narrow flight of stairs. Stepped downstairs to the ground level and out the door in front of the theater. Big dark sedan was parked right next to the curb, and sure enough, holy shit, Susan and Shelley Winters herself were gabbing it up. Paige flanked Susan, who was standing over the rearview mirror in front of Shelley's car, who was sitting in the passenger seat of the car. Don't ask me who the fuck was driving. At first, I I didn't really care to meet the woman who I'd seen beside an adventure with Ernest Borgnine and stuff. She was an actress before my time, but then I thought about all the times I'd seen her on Carson and shit, you know? So I stepped out of the doorway of the theater, kind of more out on the sidewalk just to be seen. And she saw me. When she looked, Paige and Susan almost simultaneously looked too. Susan said, oh, this is my youngest student, Britt. Hi, Shelly said. I dropped my bag and I walked over and shook her hand. Hi, ma'am. What the hell are you doing here, kid? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all she got out of me was a fucking laugh. I didn't know what to say to her. I mean, yeah, I was starstruck. Yeah, sure. I just continued to stand there as um, Susan Page and Shelley made their comments. And next thing you know, Suzanne walked up, made hers, and cowboy, and traffic roared by as we all just stood there talking to Miss Winters. Yeah, I mean, they, they talked to her. I stood there like a fucking idiot. It's the last memory I have of Susan Strasberg. I don't know why I didn't go back. I don't know why I didn't pursue it after that. I, I guess I had seen enough. It was enough. And I was happy. Not ungrateful. Happy. I studied Shelley. I studied Susan, how they smiled at each other and conversed. I studied Paige and that beautiful ass of hers. And Suzanne and I didn't nail any of them. The point is, they were my friends and... Um, I was grateful because for a nanosecond I really felt like I had made it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to wrap it up for Chapter 17 of Bombing Down Poinsettia. Don't forget to miss Chapter 18 next Wednesday. Same time, same place. Stan the Joke Man Show, of course, be back on Friday at high noon. Until then, mi amigos, bye con Dios. Burn your shit solid, hippies. (laughs) 